0: Alex Trayman. Alex, good morning, buddy. How are you?
1: Good morning, sir. Thanks for having me.
0: Great to have you back. Again, I'll never be able to thank you enough for those uh, couple of weeks, right after the initial attacks where you just showed up every morning and, and really put a lot of my listeners at ease. It was a difficult time, obviously, but uh, you were just terrific. So, so thank you for that. So uh, what is the latest here? Hamas, uh, Israel claims they've got at least 20 dead bodies. They claim Hamas, they've got plenty of live bodies. But they're ready to kill them if in fact Israel doesn't meet their demands. What are they specifically talking about?
1: Well, you're correct that uh it's it's very likely that Hamas' is dead dead bodies they've already found the IDf's already found dead bodies uh since the operation started uh and every day it gets reported you know that to another one of the families that their that they're loved one are likely dead. Um, but, of course, even the dead bodies is important to Israel. You know, if this was any other country in the world, they probably wouldn't care. Uh, but Israel, you know, wants to inter the bodies properly according to Jewish customs, so they want to get back uh, the bodies, you know, even for, for closure for the families. Um, you know, So this is a, a degree of leverage that Hamas has, both the bodies and also uh, the live hostages. There's probably as many as 20 women and children still held inside the Strip, and, and we haven't even seen the first uh, man released uh, since October 8th, 7th,
0: rather. That's right. Not one man has been released yet. I guess upwards of 70 or 80 uh, people have been released. They've all been women and elderly, and, and uh, even uh, me Hashem. Shem. I, I got you, I was surprised, Alex, because... I really thought that uh, any young girl, and and I know teenage, but even younger, they rape them all. And they rape them every day and maybe a couple of times a day. It's awful. It's grotesque, but it's true. And Mia was one of the prettier girls. They actually took hostage. Now, they blew her arm off, and that was... Her arm was a mess, but she was the first to deliver a video back home. But I was surprised to let her go because I would think that any young female, I know they're raping boys too, but not as much as females. Any young female they send home is going to tell stories about rape and these things because it's going to make Israel even more pissed. So I was shocked they sent me a home. How about you?
1: Well, we've heard already from at least three of the women that were released that uh, they were sexually assaulted,
0: uh, violently sexually assaulted. Oh, they were. The even, the one, even the ones that are home right now said that, huh? Some
1: of the ones that are home, yeah. But it's also likely that uh, those that were raped and, and assaulted would be killed uh, inside the Gaza Strip after that. You know, so, you know, we, we, we're... The conditions of the hostages inside the strip is, is horrific. I mean, it's, you know, they, and they tried to spin it. And, and in fact, we had heard that the, some of the hostages were even drugged before they were released, so they'd have these euphoric looks on their faces. You know, we saw on social media and elsewhere people saying, oh, look how nicely Hamas treats the, the hostages. It's just such a ridiculous spin. I mean, this is the most awful situation. We still have hundreds of families in, in Israel that have loved ones inside the strip.
0: And uh, underground where there's very little air. Uh, some of them only eat one meal a day. Some of the elderly people need medication. They haven't had it for two months. I've got to think some of those poor people have passed. They don't have their medication. And it's uh, it's gross. I mean, where they're staying, they're underground. There's no air. It's, I mean, uh, no sunlight. It's just got to be horrendous, Alex. I mean, horrendous.
1: I don't yeah, it's, it's disgusting, and, but this is, you know, this was the purpose of Hamas's operation, was to take these hostages. And, and what they hoped is that by holding the hostages and by getting the IDF to come into Gaza and to kill as many civilians as possible, and Hamas hide behind their civilians specifically in order to, to up the the casualty numbers, that they would be able to uh, pressure Israel to stop its campaign and retreat. And that was how they hoped to have a victory. But uh, fortunately for Israel, they're not taking the bait, uh, they, and they are performing with tremendous strength and efficiency inside Gaza, and now you have Hamas threatening to kill the remaining hostages if the, if the military campaign doesn't stop, and it's, but it's not likely to stop.
0: No, listen, Netanyahu made it very, very clear, despite the pressures from Biden blinking the United States, these rats, he was going to finish the job, right? I mean, they came in that Saturday morning, Shabbos, holiday morning. We weren't in their neighborhood. We weren't raping their daughters, killing their parents. They did it. They did it. And Netanyahu made it very, very clear, even if there were going to be pauses, and there weren't ceasefires, and there was, that it was going to get done. And I believed them then. And he is doing it. But I do want to ask you about the United States. Uh, I do it every time. I'm sorry, but I'm compelled to do it because I admit I hate Biden. I hate him. I spent time with President Trump on Saturday night here in New York City. Alex, it was great. He was great to me. I love the guy. He was the best president to Israel of any other ever in the history of the presidency. This guy, Biden's a creep. He says in one hand, yes, I'm there for Israel. But at the same time, he's asked for ceasefires, and that he wanted pauses. And, and of course, his biggest problem is he's in bed with Iran, who is behind all these deadly attacks, which makes him, in my opinion, complicit in these attacks. So I think that Biden and Blinken have all showed their true colors the last couple of weeks, which is, despite what they say, despite what they say, they are not really pro-Israel. Your thoughts?
1: I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, obviously, what you're saying is correct. If the United States is funding Israel's primary enemies, which is Iran, and we know that Iran's taking that money and directing it to its terror proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, all of which are actively attacking Israel right now, there's some degree of complicity. And uh, also they've been pushing Israel to cede land over to the Palestinian Authority and to the Palestinians, which is also wed uh, in many ways to the conflict that we're in. Since the war started, it's been it's been a mixed bag. Uh, you know, they've sent over the two carrier groups to the region. Uh, more recently, you know, they they vetoed this resolution at the United Nations uh, that called for an urgent ceasefire. Uh, they have. Pressured Israel to end the campaign earlier, but uh, they seem to be allowing Israel to, to keep going. They said that it was Hamas that violated the ceasefire, uh, and so they're they're letting Israel do what what they need to do. Are they pressuring? or are they handcuffing a bit? They are, uh, but Israel is doing what it needs to do, and, and they seem to be withstanding the U.S. pressure for the most part.
0: You know, Alex, when the attacks first happened, there was a lot of heat on Netanyahu, and deservedly so. I mean, there's no way in a million years that it, that ever should have happened, that they were able to do what they did, these, these uh, Hamas, do what they do, or by air, by sea, by land, and went in and, and uh, in multiple places killed a lot of our people. So the, the, the criticism, I think, was deserved for that specific attack. And a lot of folks, even Netanyahu's supporters, said back then, he's done, it's over, he's done. I like him. I'll be honest. I like him. And I was holding out hope that uh, if, in fact, his military campaign did what it needs to do, even though, yes, yes, they were delinquent in stopping the initial attacks, they did a bad job of intelligence, I am hoping that they do a good enough job finishing the job that maybe some of these people will change their mind when it comes to Netanyahu. Uh, Do you think that that's a possibility, or do you think, regardless of how this goes, the writing is on the wall?
1: Well, you know, this was probably Netanyahu's last act before the war began. Uh, You know, he's been a divisive figure. He's been one of Israel's greatest prime ministers, for sure, the incredible statesman. Uh, He's tried to keep Israel out of wars uh, throughout his uh, tenure as prime minister, which is why he continued to kind of kick the can down the road. Um, And unfortunately, that strategy backfired on October 7th. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on to to replace Netanyahu there's been rep- pressure from before this started and the pressure's only amped up uh you know obviously since the campaign but Netanyahu is a is a leader that thrives under pressure and by all accounts, uh, he's been doing a, an incredible job, considering the amount of pressure that's on his shoulders right now since the war has began. You know, he he has his, uh, his challengers, Benny Gantz, in, in his war cabinet right now. Gantz has said, you know, now is not the time to replace the prime minister. Uh, so far, it looks like the campaign is going very, very well. And, and Netanyahu has managed uh, the diplomatic pressures, uh, managed the U.S. relationship and the war effort. And the domestic pressure is as good as anybody could do. But we have to see what the what the results are going to be at the end of the war. It's not just Hamas. We also have Hezbollah on the border. Will Netanyahu take this war to the north? Will he take this war to the, the head of the care octopus in the region, which is Iran? You know, if he does that. If his right-wing partners at the end of this are, are satisfied that he's done a good job, well, the next election is, is not until the next three years. So it's potential that he can, he can glue his, his butt to the chair, so to speak, uh, for as long as possible. But I would expect that all the protests that we saw in the summer against the judicial reforms will be reinvigorated after this campaign. There will be significant calls for Netanyahu's ouster.
0: This is Alex Trayman once again, the Jerusalem Bureau Chief and the CEO of the JNS. Uh, live. He's live. Right now in Jerusalem or just outside Jerusalem, what is the town again you're in, Alex? I'm in
1: Jerusalem. Oh, you are? The internal capital
0: of the Jewish people.